0: you by The Relaxed Dog. Thank you very much for listening. I am your host Robert Ober and I hope that you and your dog are well. This week we'll be discussing a couple of new snippets. I'm going to ask for some help with a new little competition thing and our guest this week is Sharon Gerard. And she's going to share a very special story on three dogs, Shy, Bob, and Shorty. First, over the uh, last few weeks, I usually ask uh, all our guests to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate, dot, dot, dot. And each month, I'm going to ask for your help in selecting what you think is the uh, top answer and top could mean a lot of things. Uh, So this month, and we've got a couple of extras because we started a bit late and this is the first one, there's going to be Crackles. Crackles is a good dog. He didn't eat anything that he shouldn't have. We got Dolly with some poo. Bruce ate the garbage. Coda chomped down on concrete. Tank pinched other dogs' dinners. And Willow, a beanie, apart from... A few other things so I'll put that uh, post that on the Facebook group and you can vote on who you think should be the uh, top answer and in some positive doggy news the Chinese agricultural ministry is no longer considering dogs as livestock and that's great news especially with the Yulin dog meat festival not too far away So good to see some change happening in that country. Also in China, there is a, we saw a uh, Hachiko story. And though most people know, remember the story of Hachiko. But uh, more recently, a uh, little dog and its owner, the owner was committed into hospital for a COVID-19 case and sadly passed away after about five days now there are reports that the little dog would come into the hospital and hang around the canteen area for and i've read up to a couple of months with the staff sort of like feeding and looking after the dog so and that carried on until uh, operations were going back to normal and they weren't allowed to do that anymore so i believe that now the dog's now gone for uh, being for adoption so a sad sort of story but shows you the the true heart of a dog and just waiting there day after day for its human companion to come back and in richmond virginia a borzoi by the name of Eris who I think is around two to three years old um, has just gone on to some fame and fortune for having a long nose and when they say long nose it's 12.2 inches that's a 30 centimeter snout so I believe that Eris has around or getting close to 200,000 followers on Instagram so let's see if I can put a picture of that in the Facebook group and now on to the interview with Sharon Gerard okay well welcome everyone I am speaking to Sharon and she's going to, we're going to have a, a slight departing of the usual one dog story because take these guys sharon's dogs come as a trio so welcome sharon
1: thank you hello how are you
0: i am very well and very happy to speak to you this evening
1: oh thank you i'm excited for your question
0: (laughs) so who are we going to talk about this evening
1: So we're talking about my three dogs, um, Bob, Shorty and Shy and they are from Fiji originally and I brought them back to Australia with me after living over there and had them as pets and couldn't leave them behind.
0: So tell us how that started.
1: So I was actually working in Fiji um, with my ex-partner who had bought a property to turn into a restaurant and um, we kind of moved over there thinking that it probably, you know, we'd probably live there forever. <laughs> and um, obviously there's a problem with street dogs everywhere there, It's it's like, They are on the last part of, like, not the food chain. I don't want to say food chain because they don't eat dogs over there. (laughs) But um, (laughs) just the the dogs are not really respected. And so we ended up getting um, our first dog. And then we got a second one and we only wanted two. And then we ended up with three because one just turned up and was escaped from somewhere that wasn't very good. That was shy. And, yeah, like, we just ended up with three dogs <laughs> that were, like, classed as pets. They were everything.
0: Okay. And, you so know, what sort of time yeah. frame between, between the first two and or between all three?
1: Um, all within the same year. We did have the first dog, Bob, we got, and then we did get another dog um, called Stumpy, actually, that we lost to Parvo. Um, because that's rife over there, because people, you know, that, that, that whole timing-wise of um, having a dog and then when they're a puppy to when you can get the jabs and stuff of Parvo is quite a short window mm-hmm. and anything can go wrong in that window, unfortunately. Um, so we lost Stumpy and, and then we ended up with Shorty um, a few months later. And then uh, probably seven months later, Shy turned up living under the restaurant once it had opened, like looking for scraps. And I kind of said to myself that we would re- rehabilitate her and find her a home, but it didn't turn out very okay. well.
0: And um, could you sort of describe breed-wise who they are? Or is it oh. too hard to sort of tell as a, a bit of a mix? Or do they, they take after anything it- in particular? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's 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 super impossible to um, actually pinpoint the breed I am thinking of doing the DNA um but but like so bob Bob and shorty are like both tan dogs and literally look like scooby doo and scrappy doo <laughs> they everybody asks if they're related so um I think they've got some ridge back in them um because their the back end goes up you know like if they're mm-hmm, yep um and but then also um shorty is almost like got some jack russell stuffy unless she's the short stocky one
0: okay <laughs> she, <yep.
1: just> imagine <laughs> a rich back mixed with <laughs> it's as stuffy yeah and they you'll see from the photos that they'll look very similar. Um, but, yeah, imagine Scooby-Doo and Doo. That's the only way I can describe them these days. And then Shy is like a wolf, like a little wolf dog. So we, I always have this theory that she came to us from the mountains of Fiji. <laughs> hmm, and she really nice. is a wolf. And she's a very um, unique character as well.
0: Hmm. And if you had to try and, and get a, like an approximate age then you – any ideas on that, or
1: yeah, they're, they're pop- all turn, yeah, no, turning ten this year. So uh, that's from me working out, like guessing, mm-hmm. uh, because obviously they were all puppies when they came to me.
0: Okay, well that answers the the next question. So you've had them around about that eight nine year sort of mark.
1: Oh, yeah, we like we got them. They were literally like probably shouldn't have even left their mother. Wow, oh, that young. Yeah, so uh, maybe uh, two months old max that we got them.
0: Okay. And uh, how long did they, well, how long were you all together in Fiji? Uh,
1: nearly two years and then decided to move back to Australia.
0: Okay, so tell us how the that sort of procedure went.
1: Well, I was actually running my event business from Fiji whilst my partner at the time was uh, running the restaurant and I would come back every three months to do um, my events. and um, And then it just... In the end, the restaurant opened, and it was such a—it was a hard struggle with regards to when you run a restaurant that's open breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You don't have a lot of time, <laughs> and then I was juggling the events, and I, I just missed Sydney. I missed my support system, even though I had the dogs, and I just decided, like it—it it pretty much nearly broke the relationship. That's quite a personal thing to say, but um. I decided to. I was going back to Australia at this point, and I was taking the dogs with me, no matter what. That that's pretty much how okay. it all came about, moving back. So,
0: the the dogs sort of integrate into the restaurant, or they kept away more at home.
1: Uh, no, they, uh, well, we lived we lived there while we renovated the place, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was fun because um, you know we took. took took it back to like literally the bare minimum structure and um, the dogs lived there with me. And and that was interesting because they were puppies. They're not guard dogs as such. Um, Also with all the leaks in the roof when you're having like tropical storms, that was interesting. But but they they lived there and then we moved to another property down the road. And that was just when I had Shorty and Bob. And then um, obviously... I'd gone back to I'd come back to Sydney to work an event, and and my partner at the time had said to me, "There's a dog living under the house," and um, but he he couldn't like it was on not stilts, but as in you know like a raised house. Mm -hmm. He couldn't get a. She would just live on. She'd live off the scraps, you know, from the um, the chefs.
0: Yep. Just then, then re- retreat into her zone. Into her, her life.
1: Yeah, and she was tiny. She was tiny. Whether she like because there was a village down the back there as well. So whether she'd actually escaped or whether she just smelt food, I we, we'll never know. But she lived under this the restaurant, and and um, it took. It took a couple of months to get her out of there with regards to food. And what you say, when when we'd moved up to the other house, we would take Bob and Shorty to the restaurant. Because eventually when it opened, you're not really supposed to have dogs in restaurants. It's not so like um, strict in Fiji, but she was really intrigued by the two dogs. Like, mm-hmm. so she'd come out for the food and then she'd come out just being really curious, sorry.
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: Um, and then, yeah, and, and that's how we caught her in the end.
0: Okay. Do you think being in that in environment in Fiji, the, the socialisation aspect of the, the puppies is very different to how they would be, say, in Australia or in, a, in another sort of country?
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, we took, we took Bob. When we first got Bob, we, we only had a motorbike as, or, or a, trial bike, a trail bike As transport so we took him everywhere with us in a rucksack (laughs) so literally we would take him to these resorts because Fiji is a funny place there's no restaurants as such there's there's um you know there'll be a a resort or like some real dodgy cafe so we, we just took him everywhere and he was so cute everybody was very social with him and he was social too and still is now but it was definitely, there's no rules there <laughs> mm-hmm. at all. So um, he was socialised. I think Shorty, we actually got her from the vets, um, but she, she was a street dog and then she'd had her owner and then they took her back to the vets. We never know why, um, but she's quite a needy, anxious dog. So very social, but a little bit too much.
0: Okay. And... Shy after the uh, initial period, uh, sort of like how did – was that a, a long, drawn-out process when she did sort of come around or that she –
1: Yeah, like I think um, Shorty and Bob were very bonded at this point and she came in and I think being a, another bitch, Shorty is never really talked to Shy, even now um and they sort of kind of want Bob's attention but shy is one of them she's not very social at first but once you've gained her trust um, she's the most she 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 becomes everybody's favorite because she's so loving and she's so um innocent um where she'll do a thing like if people come round to the house, she'll do the warning bark and then she'll go and hide out the back. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you won't be looking and she'll come and want some fuss. And then as soon as you give her a bit of fuss, that's it. She doesn't leave you alone. And like everybody just loves Shy. She's, um, Jim, 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 Jim That's the word. She's just beautiful. She's people just love her.
0: Oh, no, that's, that's So did they sort of develop uh, any sort of like uh, strange pack habits when they were with you near the restaurant?
1: Oh, Bob used to like to escape, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he would he jump he jumps around like a reindeer almost. Like it's weird, like a deer. He jumps around, and he used to fish a lot. So we lived on the coral coast in Fiji, which where there's where the tide's down there's all the rocks come up and he'd jump from rock to rock and just fish for out. Like he could literally just be chasing fish for
0: hours.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, That was quite hilarious. Shorty was just very, um, she's quite emotionally attached to me. So when towards the end of like Fiji, I was quite, I was missing Sydney and knowing that I wanted to make a change uh, as in to leave. um, if I'd be upset, she'd completely get it. So now, if if she's sitting on another couch and I'm watching a movie and I'm about to cry, she can sense it before I even start crying.
0: Oh, absolutely! And absolutely. she jumps
1: right over to me. Yeah, which is um, I don't know whether it's a a good thing. You see, because she she literally is. I, you know how they say, you know, there's dogs that are like their owners. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, short is probably the equivalent
0: of me. Oh, that's nice. I know a lot of people will say that they, there's that emotional connection, and I'm certainly not going to say that that, that there's not. But my understanding is that it's a science base where they can smell the different chemicals that we give off when we go into different emotional states.
1: Yeah. I mean, they can sense it, can't they? Like, even shy started picking up on it if I ever get upset which she didn't before, um, I don't want, you know, I don't necessarily like that. I don't want them to think that I'm upset. I want to be strong for them. Mm-hmm. But that's just dogs for you. They're yeah. super sensitive.
0: Oh, absolutely. So did um, they have much interaction with uh, other street dogs when they were there?
1: Do you know what?
0: No. They
1: didn't. <laughs> like yeah i i i I actually just think about that for a second mm-hmm. no I wouldn't want them near them to be honest like the the street dogs where we were was quite um a protected area so so to speak there was it was a one road of like restaurants bar what well, a bar what well, that's like some dodgy bar. And um, but um, own uh, a resort, so where the street dogs were, were completely in a different area, so they didn't have that interaction as such.
0: Okay, so they didn't have there to like, be, defend their their sort of territory to say, hey, this is where we know, live, this is where we That's get right. fed. There'd
1: be, there'd be like um, a lot of there'd be people in our situation that had pets, like expats. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have pets, so they might interact with them dogs. But no, there was never anything that I can remember of them actually interacting with dogs in Fiji. Obviously, they do here. But um, no, that's really, that's quite an interesting um, question because it makes me think, like, oh, did they? But the the, the street dog, yeah, I, I wouldn't have felt comfortable with them interacting with them dogs neither.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair enough so you decided to come back to australia and that the dogs were coming with you now that was i'm guessing not an easy task to bring them back
1: no not at
0: all are you able to tell us a little bit about that
1: it was probably one of the most stressful things i've ever done um of course Fiji being quite a third world country in certain respects is just the research. I mean, I'm a research kind of person, that's a lot to do with my job, so I like the research, but just making sure things were done right and properly. Um, I do you know what? Like now. I'm on all these like forums of people that are bringing dogs back from different countries and like, everybody gives them such great advice. But at the time, it didn't feel like I really had... like I don't know many people that have bought dogs back from Fiji. Mm-hmm. I still don't. There's probably one person I know. Um, so I, I felt quite alone and um, nervous. I had it in my head... That one of them wouldn't get back somehow through health reasons and the tests that we had to do. Mm-hmm. I just had it in my head that that might be shy because she was the the, the the stray of stray of all strays. I call her, I but it was it was really um, nerve wracking because the fact is you, you would spend quite a bit of money on all the the tests, the medical tests, but not knowing then whether they would. Um, still get through And, and 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 the crazy part about it was all the testing that we had to do was sent to australia to get the results and then sent back to fiji to say okay it's ready to go so you know the blood blood work got um stopped at customs and held up and we were on a massive timeframe. You had like X amount of days to get these results in and this to move forward. So there was a few little bits and bobs of dodgy, dodgy things we had to do, as in persuading vets to um, change the dates of blood tests and stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> which I probably shouldn't reveal that, but, um, you know, it's a long time ago. Oh, that's right.
0: Um, but we're, it, we're talking how, how, how many years ago now?
1: Uh Probably eight, nine, eight. but like, yeah, eight eight years, eight years ago. So the thing is, it was it was also where we lived in Fiji was at the Coral Coast. So any vets was like two hours drive one way or the other. So it was a big trip.
0: Okay. That's more than what I thought. I thought there might have been something, someone a little bit closer.
1: No, no. The only vets were in Nandi or Suva. And, and, and then we had to do some research of working with vets over there that actually have done this kind of thing mm-hmm. because you had to build the cr- – you had to get the crates build, built from scratch, which was super expensive. Um, and just getting the vets on board with it all, you know, um, and then having a, a vet that you used all the time. It was, it was um, different, different vets for different tests and it, it got very complicated.
0: Yeah, oh, it, it sounds it. So you just said you had to get a, the crates built from scratch. There was a, a yeah. reason for that, that you know?
1: Uh, see, at the time, I, I don't think this is the case these days, but at the time you just had to get them built from scratch to the weight and the height and the size of the dog. Okay. Uh, to, like exact, it, it was really complex because... The dogs are very similar when it comes to weight, but the size, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like, to be honest with you, it felt like it was just making more money. There was more money being spent. It was always money, 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 money.
0: Okay. And and getting them on the actual aeroplane was the, the airlines, was that a, an issue as well or?
1: Yeah, that this is the bit that I didn't like, that I couldn't, well, you definitely can't be on the, well, you could, Try and get on the same flight as them, but what happened is you needed like somebody to um somebody to receive them, which was me, so I had to be in Australia and then someone to send them, which was my um you know my partner at the time where uh, I hate I hate the thought of them being stuck in crates and stuck at an airport waiting because you had to take them like four to seven. Like, I think it was even something near towards like six hours before the flight. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking they're sitting there in crates waiting to go on the plane. That that's the bit that killed me mm. because they're not knowing what's going on. They don't like they, you know, we they tried to, we built a crate and kept it in the lounge to have, try and get them to go in and out of it to get used to it. Mm-hmm. And they never did. So then they're put in a cage then they're going to an airport where there's planes landing and taking off. And it's really loud. They have no idea what's going on. Then they go into a, Plane where it's really loud, like you know, their hearing is super sensitive. But I, I, you know, the only thing that kept me sane was the fact that they were all together.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But yeah, Bob, Bob lost his bark. He barked that much. He couldn't. He didn't have a bark when he got to the other end. But like he barks now. (laughs) He just must have whined and barked. 'Cause he's the pussy cat. He's the he's supposed to be the pack leader out right, the three, but he balked and won that much. He lost his bark. Oh. And I, I hate I hate thinking about that part. I've always said I will never ever put them on a plane again as long as they live. Mm-hmm.
0: So touchdown, they they land in Australia and take yeah. us through what, what happens after that.
1: Well, I was calling and calling and calling just to make sure they were all right. But the fact is, you can't go and see them straight away. So this is another thing that bothered me. They then go to the um, quarantine. But you can't go to see them because the, the, the restrictions of, like, the visiting hours of quarantine is ridiculous. It's, like, the most ridiculous, like, you can only visit them in the week. And a weekday when most people are working, luckily I was working for myself. So I had, like, time. Um, But I couldn't see them for about three days, so then I'm thinking, okay, they've got off a plane, they're in a different country, a different climate from Fiji, and they're again in a cage, and they wouldn't put all three of them together, they would only put the bitches together, Shy and Shorty, and Bob was separate, and like I said, he's more the pussycat out of all of them, so... It just, it stressed me. I just, I was worried sick. I was like ringing. I think the quarantine people were just sick of me because I just wanted to know that they got there saved, that they were okay, and they went there, and then, yeah, then just waiting to visit them. It was, it was um, really, I just wanted them to know that, that, that I was on the other end of this. You know, they're in a cage. They didn't belong in a cage.
0: So how was the reunion when you got in?
1: Amazing. Oh, absolutely beautiful. Like, honestly, it makes me tear in Like, I, I... Honestly, they were so happy to see me. And, like, you know, dogs are resilient. Like, they're, they're just... They're troopers, dogs are. And, like, they went absolutely mental. And, like, I was just rolling around in this horrible cage in quarantine with them. And it was... Um, well, I cried, of course. And they just, you know, of course they're thinking like mom's here and somehow through this whole journey of like being on the black, you know, it was like, I just, oh, it made me, oh yeah, words can't describe how happy. But then again, I had to leave them there still. Leave them there. Because they were there for a month.
0: Okay, I was going to ask that for a month.
1: Yeah, which the the laws have relaxed now, but it's happened. They were out in Eastern Creek in Sydney, New South Wales.
0: Which is uh, another effort just to, to get out there to see them.
1: Oh, well, it became harder because when um whilst they were in there for a month, I was working because I work events, I dropped a concrete slab on my foot. Oh, no. And ended up on crutches. So I couldn't even drive there. So I'd have to get the train and then get a, taxi from rooty hill to eastern creek just to visit them
0: mm-hmm. so after all that when they day comes and they get released from their quarantine period yeah you remember that time i'm sure you. Yeah. can.
1: i do for some reason when that day happened i remember bob the way bob was Um, like my partner at the time was driving and he had Bob was like leaning on his shoulder from the back of the car. And he does that to me now, like he leans on my shoulder when he's driving and it's lovely. And I've got a lovely picture of it too. And it was just, I was just so excited and relieved. I felt like the journey was over because even though it was a big, like, like a long journey, like them being in quarantine was still, I still didn't feel settled, settled until they would be home. And, um, home home we, is we home. Were, yeah, and we, we didn't even have a home at that point because we'd moved back from Fiji. He was living He was living at his parents', I was living at my mum's. Um, so we didn't have a home as such, but I just knew that I was taking them to their, their new life pretty much. That's how it felt.
0: And how did they settle into their Australian home?
1: Oh, totally fine. (laughs) It's like they've not not even noticed what's going on. Like I I always wonder about how they dealt with the plane journey, but um, and they're spoiled rotten. So like they've just like I say, though you're Aussie dogs now, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think there's anything that when that they sort of came across for the first time, like as in, whoa, we don't never had that before in Fiji.
1: Oh, food and <laughs> um, dogs' food. Like dog food. We, we, we couldn't we couldn't get dog food. They had no toys. There was no way you could buy toys. Um, excessive. Like my mom would when they when we first got them. My mom would send everything over, and then she would come and visit in Fiji. So they had like their leads for the first time. I've got this like adorable video of like when we tried to put Shorty on a lead and Bob was just dragging her around <laughs> um, with this lead. That was quite um, entertaining. But yeah, so w- where we were living, the only food we could get was actually sardines in a tin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But did, that's still their favourite now.
0: Yep, and nice and healthy.
1: Well, I, I say it's their favourite. I don't know. They can't tell me it's their favourite, but they love it. And it's it's you know it was it was the cheapest thing you could get you you know we give them rice and 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 this and that but I think just to be treats to have treats and be spoiled is pretty cool for them I'm mm-hmm. assuming they're spoiled like I work in the pet industry don't I now so I get I'm, I'm looking they are the most spoiled dogs I probably know.
0: Okay. Do you, do you think um, there was any sort of change of, of habits between Fiji and Australia, as in when they sort of went out walking or anything like that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we'd, you know, we'd take them for a walk. They'd have the beach to themselves. Um, there was nobody there. Uh, and there was a lot of litter as well, which I didn't like, in Fiji. You know, they'd find like goats' heads. Like I can remember Bob oh. coming out once with a goat's head in his mouth. And <laughs> uh, like, oh, he still had the horns on it and everything. It was weird. It was horrible. Like I freaked out, but he loved it. Um, But no, I, I tend to always try and take them to be. I try. Like I've moved to the Central Coast where it's a lot quieter. I try and take them to beaches where there is nobody. Mm-hmm. So it's similar. They don't do well with other dogs and crowds and. Um, oh no, they, they're fine with other dogs. I think I'm more the problem. <laughs> Them not dealing with other dogs. <laughs> uh, but I, I prefer beaches that where nobody's there and quiet. Um, so you know, each of their personalities is different when it comes to other dogs too, and socialising. Mm-hmm.
0: So run run us but, through that if you don't mind.
1: <laughs> well, shy is obviously very shy. She doesn't like any other dogs. And, like, you can tell, like, if there's other people and dogs there, she's, like, looking back, checking, like, looking, who are these, who are these people? Um, Shy's all right. I'm sorry, Shorty's fine. Uh, she loves people uh, <laughs> a bit too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and But she doesn't like dog, bigger dogs. Bob, on the other hand, thinks he's bigger than he is. And he does this male dominant thing of like, you know, trying to like bump chess with like Rottweilers. And yeah, yeah, he's just, um, thinks he's definitely bigger than he is. And, you know, they've got into some little situations that have been not that bad, which would. Um, but it, it's hard when you've got three and you're trying to manage that with three different personalities that are super, super different like it, I, I get nervous which then that my energy that
0: yeah they pick up that yeah
1: yeah so um I tend to try and take them out like um not all together sometimes mm-hmm But I do love having the three of them and they run free. And if if there's nobody at the beat, like that, that's what my happy time of just seeing them all together running amok and no other distractions.
0: Nice. So they share toys and things like that now? Are they sort of grown to, to play?
1: Uh Bob Bob's Bob's not interested in toys. He's interested in jump like Bob's not slowing down whatsoever, even though he's ten. He literally acts like he's five. He has no interest in toys. He loves swimming and also, you know, jumping for the lead or jumping for a stick. Chasing birds, which has ended up getting me in trouble a bit um in the past. Um and then Shorty is short. <laughs> Shorty's just a character. Like she's she loves swimming. So if if you go and jump in the water, and like say, like you go in a little bit deep, she'll like completely swim after you. So she's like a we call it like a beaver, <laughs> like a little beaver. <laughs> she's got a coat like a beaver. Um, and she's solid. And then Shy, shy just goes along with everybody else, really. Shy chases birds, but she chases Bob after the birds. And um, oh, okay, the toys, right? So the girls, right? We've had problems with the girls. So each one of them likes squeaky toys. Yeah, Bob's not interested. But the thing is, Shy will cherish this squeaky toy and love it, where Shorty will rip it apart and take the squeak out of it with under a minute. <laughs> and, and then, but then what, what has happened, like we had one of them balls. There's like a ball that's like, um, it's quite, it's got a funny noise to it, and it's apparently for like intelligent dogs, uh, you know, that, that, that keep them occupied. So we mm-hmm. bought two. One for Shorty, one for Shy. They're exactly the same, but they, they wanted the other, like they always want what the other one's got. Where we, and Shorty would try and tear it apart, even though it's near impossible because it's like this really hard plastic. And Shy would just be intrigued by it, but like they own, like they literally want what the other one's got. You can buy them, like I've bought them, like replicas of each other, the toys. And they, they always want one. The other one's got the
0: other one. Yeah. The grass is yeah, always so this greener.
1: Bit, the bitches. Yeah. This is the girls being girls.
0: Yeah, I'm going to ask you and you see if you can give me three answers. You might have already given me one with Bob earlier, but yeah. if you can complete the sentence, I can't believe my dog ate.
1: Um, when they were younger, we got a big tin of quality street, you know, like um, the chocolates for Christmas. Yes. Yep. And Bob, Bob being Bob, because he's always the mischievous one and then the girls follow suit, but they're not as tall as him. He must have bumped the actual, you know, the, the hexagon thing of like chocolates, and yep, it was yep. completely full. He must have bumped it with his nose. Literally, that fell off the counter, bust open, and they ate the lot between them. Oh. He probably most, but obviously chocolate being toxic, I was super worried and um but what they did when they, they when they pooed it out it was all still in the wrappers. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> that's, <laughs> uh, that's, yeah that's different.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it didn't touch the sides, so to speak. <laughs> no pun intended. And also when they oh I mean they'd always chew my shoes and all that, but they ate a whole um Tub of vitamin C tablets, <laughs> oh. the orange, the orange chewable ones that uh, yep. poos so
0: yeah. was, was that a, another trip straight to the vet?
1: No, do, do you know the funny thing is? I mean, vitamin C is like I, I was calling the vet. It was like late at night. We we're calling twenty four hour like hotline of like getting advice, but really, vitamin C can't be that bad for them. I mean, the chocolate, the chocolate definitely would have been and And then we Bob at some at the beach that we'll never know what that was, and um that we ended up at in sash. Bob tends to be the one that's got the nine lives in more ways than one
0: so when you say in more ways than one, is there something else you want to share about bob
1: yeah um we were. <laughs> We went away and he'd always go crazy. Like we'd go down these country roads and there was cows in this field and he'd go crazy at these cows and he'd just be like just crazy, crazy. I don't know whether it was, I don't know. Like because go past cows in other places, it was just this one place. And then we um, were driving past and he he jumped out. He put his foot on the window thing, you know, the... um, Electric window, window goes down. Jumped out the window when I'm driving at probably about seventy mi- uh, seventy kilometers oh, per hour. Wow. Yeah. So the, the the mad thing was, you know, when it goes all in slow motion.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Where I'm
1: driving, <laughs> yeah. it like I, I I heard him kind of sque- squeals or barks at the cows, right? So it literally went from. The window starts going down. Marty's saying he's out of the window. Jumps out. You see cows running. All I could see in the corner of my eyes is cows kind of running away. Mm-hmm. But he, he was actually attached. His lead was still attached, so he dragged along, oh. slipped his lead. I thought I'd run over him, so I was falling apart. And then... um. He all I could hear was him crying and like put the brakes on, literally pulled up in the middle of the road, doors open, the dog, the other two dogs ran, slipped their leaves, ran out because they could see that the stress was going on and it was just a, it wasn't pleasant. Um uh, and he's just sitting there in this kind of ditch with his paw up crying and he was bloody fine. Well, you you know, you know, when you have this thing, I know you know, when you have these moments as a pet owner, you're like, okay, the first thing that comes to mind is, I've ran over my dog or my baby. Second thing is, I hope he's all right. Third thing is, bleeding out, how much is this going to cost me? (laughs) You know, when you say, you know, when you say they're all right, it's like, oh my god.
0: Oh, always oh, good to have a happy ending story.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, it was, but I was shaking like a leaf, like it was the most traumatic. Oh, it was awful. And he was, you know, he, he did have some scrapes, but he could have broke his, like, anything could have happened. I could have run over him. And there could have been a car behind me where i pushed, put my brakes on and the doors were wide open. There could have been a car going really fast behind me, but there, luckily wasn't.
0: Did he, uh... Did he Behave the same way with cows after that.
1: Oh, he's a nutter. It's crazy. He's just um I, I've not been up there since like then. It was actually a, a holiday uh place. But um I think I've heard from my ex that he, he's fine with cows now. I've not
0: Oh that's good.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't be letting him out with cows anywhere near, at any point, or chickens or rabbits or anything. <laughs> um, but I think I'm, you know, my ex-partner that I lived in Fiji with, he he's very much a bit more lax than I am. I, I, I worry about stuff before it happens. So he said that he was at a farm recently with him and there was all kinds of um, livestock running around and uh, it was completely fine. So maybe okay. it's just the actual... It, being intrigued of these cows, I don't know. I can't even explain it.
0: <laughs> well, Sharon, thank you very, very much for for sharing uh, no all about problem. Bob Shorty and Shy. It's a very, very intriguing story. Um, now, I know you've mentioned a couple of times you're doing a, a few things in the uh, the dog sort of world. Do we want to give your um, events thing a little bit of a plug? Yep.
1: Yeah. So I'm the founder of Street Pause Festival. Um, hopefully, if some of your listeners will know it already, um, but we do an event, or we did events <laughs> before COVID, um, six six or seven times a year. A lot of the Central Coast. I know you're based at Central Coast too. Um, and then we also run an event called Pups in Pubs, which is basically a small version of. Street Paws, where we do things in um, dog-friendly establishments. But, again, before COVID, that really took off. It was a massive thing of, like, um, loads of pubs were going, like, dog-friendly. So they should. So, yes, yeah. if you, can, you can find us on uh, Facebook, or Street Paws Festival, or Pups in Pubs.
0: Wonderful. Thank you very much again. And, uh, no problem. thank you it's great to have you on
1: okay thanks thanks so much bye
0: thank you very much for listening i hope that you enjoyed the show please leave a review on apple podcasts or wherever you are hearing this from or better still share or tell a friend also don't forget to check out the relax dog podcast facebook group where you can vote on I can't believe my dog ate. Until next week, stay safe and remember your dog is family.